What's good, Liquid Trucking, and welcome in to episode 10 of the Liquid Trucking Podcast. I am your host, Marcus Bridges. Thank you all so much for being here today. We are in part two now of our two-part episode on winter driving, inclement weather driving, storms, blizzards, ice, rain, sleet, hail, you name it, we're talking about it, and uh, couldn't have really picked a better time to get into this. You know, uh, leading up to January, I talked to a lot of drivers that said, you know, it's kind of unseasonably warm. A lot of these Midwestern states hadn't seen a lot of crazy weather, hadn't even really got that cold. In fact, when I was out there in uh, Omaha and Plattsmouth for the liquid launch, uh, that was back at the beginning of December, and I'm thinking it was like 50 degrees when I was there, which I did not expect in Nebraska uh, in, in early December. I really did expect it to be a lot colder. I brought a lot of warm stuff. I grew up in the mountains over here in Oregon, so I'm used to it. When I went home for Christmas, it was 11 degrees where I was at in the mountains of northeastern Oregon and even that was like a little unseasonably warm. Like the last time I went home for Christmas two years ago, it was only two degrees. So wondering when it was going to come, if it was going to come. And sure enough, it got here. Winter Storm Finn uh, is absolutely blowing up the middle of the United States as we record this. Now, it's important to remember we do record these episodes a little bit in advance and uh, this is actually being recorded on the 9th of January, so a little bit more than a week before you're going to hear it. And uh, the dangerous storms in the south, according to the Weather Channel, and a powerful winter storm is marching across the Midwest due to a storm system known as Winter Storm Finn that's impacting tens of millions of people as we speak. At least three deaths have already been reported at the time of recording and uh, it's looking like some crazy stuff is going on on Charleston Bridge. Uh, this is, let's see, U.S. 17 South, the Ravenel Bridge at mile marker 32. A semi is flipped over atop the bridge going northbound. All lanes are closed and the wind is gusting into the 60s. Uh, they actually had a wind gust of 69 miles per hour reported at the Charleston Air Force Base at 415 this afternoon. There's flooding spreading across the south. Gatlinburg, Tennessee, multiple roads are closed. Murphy, North Carolina, a landslide has been reported there. Covington, Georgia, uh, a shopping complex is completely flooded. And uh, at least one person is dead and two others are in critical condition after a suspected tornado hit a mobile home park in Claremont, North Carolina. The Associated Press reported this. Claremont sits along Interstate 40, about 35 miles northwest of Charlotte. Power outages have topped a half million Americans right now. That's crazy. North Carolina, 101,000 power outages. Florida, 87,000. Pennsylvania, 74,000. Georgia, clocking in with 54,000. It's getting hairy out there, you guys. And this podcast episode is about talking to drivers and other professionals who have experience driving in these inclement weather conditions. What do you do? What kind of tips are you looking for? What kind of tips are you giving four-wheelers like myself who uh, might be a little bit less than experienced when it comes to driving on roads like this? When are you shutting down? What types of things are you doing in your pre-trip that's different from a normal pre-trip when you're not expecting snow? I'm going to ask all these questions and more right around the corner here on episode 10 of the Liquid Trucking Podcast. It's Facing the Storm, part two. Let's get to it. Welcome to the gold standard of podcasts for the gold standard of drivers. This is the Liquid Trucking Podcast with your host, Marcus Bridges. To continue our conversation about inclement driving as well as other things, uh, I've got Damon M. and Mike Stanfield here joining me today. Mike, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks for having me back. Appreciate it. No problem, man. Twice in a couple of weeks. You gotta love that. And Damon M., thank you for being here, man. Your first appearance on the podcast. Welcome. Thanks. Appreciate you having me. No problem. I do want to get started with you, Damon, since we haven't had you on before. Give me a little bit of your background. How long you been driving? How'd you end up at Liquid? Well, I've been driving for about 10 years. Uh, going on my 10th year. Started out at uh, Schneider, worked, worked my way through the ranks there. Been to the... 
throw a reefer most most of the time, and then uh, actually followed Mike here. Uh, he kept pushing me and pushing me to come. I, I hate change. Yeah, I, I don't like it, but uh, Mike kept pushing me. I went ahead and make that change and loving it ever since. Well, that's good news, Mike. I mean, that's got to make you feel good that you were the one behind that decision and it actually worked out. Yeah, well, he's stubborn and a bonehead, and it took too long. Wish he would have came <laughs> over a lot sooner, but I'm glad he's here. <laughs> Damon, what's different? Uh, you know, obviously, we know there's different things between Holland Liquid and Holland Reefer, um, but I, I get a lot of uh, a lot of guys on here telling me that you know Reefer's kind of the the last choice for most of them. Maybe it's because the thing's just really loud for what other ever other reason they might have, but. What do you like about hauling liquid overdrive and reefer? Well, I think I think the problem with 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 reefer and and I think everybody can agree with is is the shipper and receiver times. I mean, we have shipper and receiver times a long time sometimes with 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 liquid, but it's different because you know we're getting paid we're getting paid for for sitting there. So you know it's different. Um, but with reefer, you know, you, there's just a lot more you have to put up with, a lot of hatefulness, a lot of stuff that you don't need in your life you know if, if you get rid of it you can get rid of it as quickly as possible and sometimes you know pulling reefer you can't do that you know the, the difference for me is is you know i i always felt like i was the boss you know that's that's the way you should feel with the company you know if you're driving the truck you should feel like you're the boss you're the captain of that ship and you know being in a re- you know pulling reefer that's you're not really the captain everybody else is dictating your time so you know that's one of the things i love about liquid is, is as long as you're doing your job and you're meeting your times, you know, they're basically leaving you alone and you, you're, you're the captain of that ship. For sure. You ever get any cross looks pulling into uh, truck stops late at night while you were driving reefer with that loud thing hooked onto the uh, trailer there, keeping everybody awake? <laughs> man, you get that all the time. It doesn't matter what time of day or night that is, man. You know, you guys got, you, you get those people sleeping during the day that just don't, they don't like the reefer next to them. So yeah, yeah, you get that all the time. Mike, what was it about Liquid that had you uh, in in Damon's ear about getting over to Liquid? And and you know, obviously, you don't think he did it fast enough. Why did you want him to get over here so bad? Because he's uh, like he said, when it comes to hauling reefers, uh, there's a lot of stress behind that, and um, I could see what it was doing to him. Um, and I wanted him to have you know a lot of stress taken off his shoulders because you know he's my best friend. You know, I care about him. And, uh, you know, money is amazing. And the people at Liquid Trucking are, you know, they say we're the gold standard of drivers. We're the, they're the gold standard of office workers. I mean, they are absolutely amazing people. They treat you like family. You go in, everybody knows your name. Everybody wants to chat with you, ask how your day's going. And I feel like he needed a little bit of that in his life, you know, not just having me in his ear all day, every day. So. <laughs> A little bit of that helps too, though, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, guys, I, I'm I'm really glad you take the, or you're taking some time to talk to me today. Uh, we are uh, basically on our second part of of a two part episode stretch on talking about driving and in inclement weather, mountain passes, snow and ice, low visibility, you name it. And I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about that today, Mike. I'll start with you. Um, as far as this year's concerned, how much inclement weather have you had to deal with uh, so far? Hey, we really got to ask that question because I don't want to jinx anything. You know, <laughs> you're <gonna> jinx it. <laughs> it's been amazing this winter so far, and um, I haven't really had to drive through much. Uh, I was in Idaho and Utah and and all that, and they had snow on the ground, but the roads were nice and clear. I didn't have to worry about it in any of the passes. Um, it's been fairly smooth sailing so far, knock on wood. Um, but yeah, nothing, nothing to report about, you know, so far this year. Well, that's good. I've heard from many drivers that it's kind of been unseasonably warm in a lot of the places that you would expect, uh, to see some pretty ugly weather. How about you, Damon? How's it been for you this year so far? Um, I haven't seen anything really. <laughs> I haven't really gone west much, uh, this, well, this year. I was able to go west last year a couple times. So, but this year has been, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of happy that we haven't had that weather that we did last year. So, yeah, you know, I haven't, I haven't um, found a driver that's excited about driving in that weather yet in my travels, but <laughs> I, I can <laughs> tell you guys, you're screwed because you both jinxed it at this point. It's a double jinx. Yeah. 
You might as well get ready for a blizzard tomorrow. You know what? I'm done. We're done talking. (laughs) (laughs) How do you prepare for it, Mike? Uh, Do you, are you a guy that likes to watch the weather reports a lot? Are you, uh, you know, you listening to the radio uh, locally or what are you doing to check on your trips before you head out or while you're already out headed towards a spot that might get kind of hairy? I mean, all of the above. And, you know, what's awesome about technology nowadays is we have apps that, um, you know, we can look up each state and see how the roads are, see what the weather's going to be like and be able to prepare accordingly, um, to what we're about to drive through. You know, um, you know, I felt bad. I feel bad for those truckers back in the day when they didn't have these apps and they were just like, well, whatever happens, happens, I guess, <laughs> you know, and it's really nice to be able to, uh, you know, look at the forecast beforehand and, you know, like I said, plan accordingly, whether we're going to need chains or make sure we pack extra salt and, you know, and all that stuff. How about you, Damon? I just drive. You just drive. You just put your head down and go. You don't care what's out there in front of you, huh? <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, I, I take it seriously. I'm, I'm one of those drivers who likes to promote safety one of the things I didn't mention is I, I, I worked as a uh, driver trainer for a while uh, with one of the companies I was at. And then I worked at uh, uh, Midwest Technical Institute as a driving instructor. And safety safety is number one thing. Uh, you know, you never know what's ahead. And it's very important that you become familiar with it. And, you know, a lot of us, whether it's our first year in or, you know, our 25th year in, we get complacent. We think that, you know, it's okay. We don't have to worry about it. Look outside. Okay. It's, it's sunny, but you don't know what's going to, what's going to be ahead of you. I've done a hundred miles, you know, 30 miles. So I take it very seriously. I, I look at the, I look at the weather the night before I get up at least an hour, an hour ahead of time, uh, get on the apps. Uh, I have all the five one one apps on there, the state apps. I get on there, uh, look for road closures, you know, anything, anything that, that might give me any idea of what, what's to come. And then I, I make sure that I plan accordingly. You know, you, you've, you've got to, if not, there's, there's going to be a mistake and, and it's all, it's all with, with complacency. You know, we, we get complacent and that's all it takes. For sure. No, a hundred percent. And it's funny because the, the concept of getting familiar with uncertainty that you mentioned is that's real tough for a lot of people. I know myself, for instance, I like to know what's coming. I like to know, I like to be planned up. I like to have my, my game plan laid out in front of me for all manner of different things. And I, you know, Uh, unplanned for weather for me is something that just drives me nuts, especially if I'm on a vacation or a road trip or something like that. And and I probably could do myself a a bit better service by actually getting up earlier. Like you're talking about looking at the apps rather than just looking out my window. Um, It's all great advice. Now I want to turn to um, stories that might've happened to you guys, or maybe something that you came up on that have to do with inclement weather. And I hear you guys laughing already because look, everybody's got one of these. Uh, there's, there's no question that in all of your experience out there driving, uh, it's gotten hairy for you a time or two, and it's probably had to do with weather a time or two. Mike, let's start with you. Let's hear your story about driving, uh, in bad weather and what happened. I re- you know, honestly, I've been fairly um, blessed as far as that goes. I don't really have any crazy stories, uh, so I'll keep it short. I mean, what drives me crazy is seeing all these drivers, these truck drivers, when the roads are covered in snow, just flying by me at like 70 plus miles an hour. You know, it, it baffles me. Like, how do you feel safe doing that like you know you could really you know destroy your life and not just that but others other people's lives if you get in a wreck when you get in a wreck because it's inevitable driving like that but you know that's all i really have i mean i do my best to to uh take it slow and if if i don't feel like i'm safe then i shut it down but now you can you can go over to damon but i'm sure he's got some really good ones for you 
it kind of sounds like you do, Damon, without even uh, <laughs> without knowing. Uh, I'm just going to give you the floor, man. What do you got for me? You know, I, I played the fifth on this because everybody's listening. <laughs> you know, the office is listening. I, 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 uh, I, I'm, I'm that one that walks into the office most times and tells on himself. So, <laughs> uh, and Mike, Mike, congrats for this, man. I, I am the right turn bandit. I will take a right turn instead of a left every time. And it, this is in inclement weather as well. You know, I went, uh, can't remember where I was. Uh, I was with liquid my first, uh, uh my first winter and coming from reefer and in the way I ran reefer, I, 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 here we are telling ourselves again, I ran a lot of P I ran a lot of PC, you know, so I, I wasn't watching my time very well. I ended up, uh, I ended up about an hour, hour and a half over my time because I was in inclement weather. I couldn't find a parking spot. I started to get stressed out and, uh, I followed this fella into Casey's parking lot. Instead of pulling up beside him, I kind of pulled out over to the side and I got stuck. It took me, it probably took me about 30, 40 minutes of putting socks on. And, I, and, and, and you know, if anybody, if anybody listens, I, and I hope you do, when they tell you to get a, get, get a set of chains, get a set of chains. They're, they're, they're more helpful than those socks when you, when you get stuck in, in a little bit of snow. Mm-hmm. So instead of, instead of calling, you know, I, I figured, Hey, I can do this. I, I, I can do this. I can get, I can get myself out. It took me a while, but I did get myself out. But you know, I, I learned from that and, and I grew from it. I, I don't, do that anymore. I don't follow trucks. You know, I, I never did before, but like I said, I mean, it was my first year hauling liquid. I was, I, I believe I was empty at the time, thankfully. So, you know, it, you get ahead of yourself and, and you're going to make a stupid, a stupid little mistake like that. Luckily I learned for, from it and moved on. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's times that, you know, other inclement weather where I just, felt that I can do it and I shouldn't have. And so, you know, you, you've got to, you've got to learn, like I said, you've got to learn to adapt to what you're doing, adapt to your surroundings and make sure that you're, you're fully prepared for what's coming. Sure. Well, still I can't taking right turns though. <laughs> but I still think I, I do. I do. I still take them dang wrong, them dang right turns. And, and you know, it's, it's not that I don't listen to the GPS. You know, I, I, I do plan. You know, I, I, I use the GPS, I use trucker maps, uh, trucker path, but I also, I, I'm one of those ones that still has an Atlas in this truck too. So I, I do, I do use the Atlas. If I, if I can't figure out a way, I will pull over and I will use that Atlas. So that stubbornness that we were talking about earlier, that goes both ways. Like it's good that you're stubborn and still bring that Atlas because there will be a day where the technology fails you, right? Oh, of course. Of course. They, 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 Technology is not one of them promised things. <laughs> no matter how much of it they put on your truck, right? <laughs> exactly. Now, I've got a, a, a question that kind of just popped into my head when you're talking about tire chains. There's sometimes there's like the adage that, you know, if I don't look at it, it's not there. Do you think some drivers don't pick up the tire chains because they feel like if they have them, they're going to have to need them? or have to use them, you know, kind of like I'm a golfer. So I'll use a golfing analogy here. I don't take a ball grabber with me. You know, the thing that can reach into the pond and grab your ball after you hit it in there, because if I take it with me, that means I'm going to hit a ball into the pond and I'll have to use it. Is that anywhere the same, uh, same mindset with tire chains at all? For me? No, no. The, 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 the the reason I don't, I do, I, well, I, 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 here I go telling, I, I don't have change right now. I should, but I think, I think the issue with, with me is if I'm not safe, I should pull over. That's what I hear. That's what the company tells us. If you don't feel safe, pull over. If it's icy, if it's, if it's snowing too much, pull over, you know? So why do I need chains if the company doesn't want me driving anyways? Gotcha. You know, and I think, I think that's what a lot of us see and hear, you know, it's, it's not that a common sense, common sense is going to tell you to put the dang chains on the truck, mm-hmm. but at the same time, Hey, they don't really want me driving anyway. So why should I, why should I, why should I put that extra, what is it? 50, 60, hundred pounds on. Got it. Mike, what are your thoughts? If it's so bad where I have to put on change, I'm not chains. I'm not driving period. Uh, I'm not going to put, you know, no. No load is worth 
anybody's life, my life, or anybody else's life, even if I have chains on. Um, now, granted, it is good to have them just in case you do get stuck, Damon, and <laughs> you have to throw them on real quick to get out of your sticky situation. But if I if if it's at a point where like I'm having to throw them on, then I'm just gonna pull over and, and ride out the storm. And, you know, wait till it clears up and then start driving again. I know I'll probably get some flack from other drivers like, oh, my gosh, you're not a real trucker or whatever. But, you know, it is what it is. I want to be safe and I want to keep everybody else safe out of there on the road. So Sure. And the you lexicon like for, for not a real trucker at this point in time, I mean, you could you could blow your left nostril instead of your right one first. And somebody tell you that you're not a real trucker for that. So, I mean, it's at this point in time, who is one anymore, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think one of the issues too is, is, you know, having chains, where are we going to put them? Uh, these, you know, these trucks now, they, 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 there's not really anywhere to hang them. So, you know, we'd have to put them in the box. It'd be a pain to, to, to pull them out. It'd be, you know, I, I, if, they, if they tell us, hey, just put socks in there, you're good with that if you get pulled over. Well, okay, well, hey, I'm just going to put socks in there and be done with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they don't tell us, they don't tell us that, you know, those socks are, they're only good for a little, you know, a little ways. They're not good for, you know, five or six miles. When they did, for example, when I got stuck, you know, I, I got myself out with, with, with socks and then I had to drive maybe three, I think it was about three miles. I was done what, 35 miles an hour, but by the time I pulled over, I, I only had one sock left on the, on the, on the, uh, <laughs> on the so, uh, one thing, one thing to mention though, as well is, you know, all those socks are okay to have. There's still some D- DOT officers out there that, you know, will look at you differently and then want something different on there. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd, I'd they really have each, each chain up and they have those socks on. So, you know, it's always it's always a good idea to have those chains. I've got somebody calling me right now from from the office. Uh, they can wait. Just tell them it's for the podcast. They're fans. All right, they're they're, they're fine. They're, they're fine. I, I, they, they don't answer my calls half the time, so I just won't answer theirs. There. Oh, I, I got them. I got them. I'm gonna get. That's just a joke, guys. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> no, it's dead serious, man. I heard him say it, and you know what? No, I'm, I'm, I'm playing. Obviously, uh, we love the guys back at the office here on the podcast as well. But um, I, I want to turn the corner here just a little bit, Mike. I was uh, reading through your answers on the uh, survey that you took about coming on the podcast here, and one of the things that you were interested in bringing up. Uh, was your favorite drops. And I I find that to be a very interesting point of conversation because it's like every drop is different for you guys. So a favorite one might stick out a little bit more than what it might for another driver at another company. So I'll start with you here, Mike. Talk to me a little bit about your favorite drops to make as a liquid driver. It's got to be anything that has to do with alcohol almost. One of my all-time favorite places to go is Pilot Point, Texas. Um, everybody there is like super friendly, um, ready to help you out if you need it. You can park there overnight, even though it's a really small place. They wake you up in the morning when they're ready for you. And usually it's first thing in the morning and, you know, they, they help you get hooked up. They use their hoses, our pump and get it done. They offer you coffee. You know, it's just like one of those places that is just very accommodating. You could tell that they appreciate you, you know, like, you can tell that they are happy that you're there to help them with their business because that's what we do. You know, we help, you know, businesses thrive, you know, we help keep America moving, you know, and it's good to feel appreciated by customers when they do stuff like that. Just little things, you know, like offering us coffee, you know what I mean? Like not very many places do that. So yeah, absolutely. And alcohol is so easy to, it hardly moves when you're driving and it pumps off really fast. You don't really have to worry about it freezing. It's just one of those hazmat loads that I think everybody loves to do, really. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a Coors Light in my freezer one time that would disagree with you about worrying about whether or not it froze, but that's a story for yeah. another time. That's beer, <laughs> not ethanol alcohol. Yeah, need a, need a little bit higher proof if I want to keep that liquid, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, how about you, Damon? Do you have places in your mind that stick out as your favorite drops to make? You know, honestly, no. Um, I, I got sitting here thinking, and there's 
there's one I went to the other day. I can't remember where I went to, but they were they were just awesome to work with. Well, I think that uh, if any of the customers are out there listening right now, one easy step would be to plug these guys full of coffee, man. It's cheap. It's easy to do. Everybody's got a coffee maker, and who needs a hot cup of joe more than a driver who's just dropped off? I mean, this this sounds like it sounds like a real simple math here. It kind of surprises me that more people don't offer it to you. What's the here's here's a question that comes up. What's the craziest thing you've been offered by a customer at a drop, Mike? <laughs> I know, I was at um, Quaker Oats. I can't. Remember, I think it was in Wisconsin, and I was there for nine and a half hours waiting to unload because their gauge was broken, so they didn't know if they had a full tank or a empty tank, mm-hmm. and. Uh, so, yeah, finally they were like, all right, we'll just start unloading. We'll see what happens. Turns out their gauge was broken, and they could take all of the product that I had. And they didn't really say much to me besides we're sorry about the weight. And then they brought out this huge bag of, like, granola bars and, like, Captain Crunch granola bars and Twix granola bars and a bunch of other, like, Quaker Oats products, which, you know... I'm not going to eat all myself. I was able to take it home to my family and my kids and stuff. But I mean, it was a huge bag. Like, like, how am I going to, I'm not going to eat all this. I'm already fat. Like I don't need diabetes, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> but it was, I, I mean, I think it was their way of saying we're sorry. Kind of, I don't, I don't know, but it was just, I was like, holy moly. Like, what am I going to do with all this? But that's a real neighborly thing to offer you. I mean, because look, you have yeah. better self-control than I do, Mike. I would have had, Type 2 adult onset diabetes by the time I got You put a bag of Captain Crunch and Twix bars in front of me? Are you kidding me? That thing's not last until I get on the freeway. Yeah, that, 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 that wouldn't last five minutes with me. <laughs> How about you, Damon? You ever been offered anything crazy like that at a drop? Can I plead the fifth? Of course you can, but that's no fun. <laughs> no. No, no, no. So... <laughs> No, I uh, I went to this little podunk uh, vodka place, and uh, I, you know I, I'm I'm Mexican, so you know it kind of surprises people because I like I don't look Mexican. I, I look more white, whitish Italian, I guess. Every time I pull into some somewhere that you know it's it's, it's primarily Mexican workers, you know they'll talk to me, they'll talk to me in their broken English for a while, and I'll I'll, I'll let them, I'll let them, and then I just I just pop out and yeah, I'm fluent fluent in Spanish. I just pop out, start talking to him in Spanish, blows him away. And uh, next thing you know, we're you know ready to go have lunch or do whatever, go party or whatever, you know. So I went to this one place, and uh, the guy goes, hey, you know, uh, I've got a present for you. And he comes out, and he tries to offer me uh, two-fifths of uh, 80-proof vodka. You know, unfortunately, I don't drink anymore, so I denied that. But, you know, it's little things, it's little things like that. I mean, you, when people show appreciation – it makes our experience and their experience a little bit better. Oh, yeah. And hey, I, I mean, maybe I'm out of turn here. You guys are the pro drivers, so you can tell me if this is completely off base. But wouldn't some 80 proof vodka make for some good dog pisser fluid or something like that? Like you could <laughs> use it to keep the windows clean something, right? Exactly. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah, you could. or use it to bribe a, a, a receiver. Maybe that's the other thing you could do, right? <laughs> Pay that forward a little bit. <laughs> I'm the dispatcher of the planner, you know. Yeah. Hey, you I, I, I can bring you some of this. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Oh, it's great, guys. Problem is, problem is with uh, with alcohol and stuff, we can't really have it in our trucks. Right. Um, you know, we get caught with that, and uh, that's a big, big, big no-no. So Yeah, no, I, I totally understand. And and all jokes aside here, you know, we are a company-sanctioned podcast, so obviously I don't want you guys to do anything that would put your uh, – your employment in jeopardy. So everybody follow the rules. We'll just make the jokes here on the podcast. Real tongue in cheek style. Yeah. <laughs> well, fellas, uh, I, I'm going to let you get back here to, to what you're doing today, but I want to give you a chance real quick, Mike, just like last week, uh, first and foremost, really appreciate your time. Thank you for being here. And uh, second, anything you want to say out there to anyone that might be listening? Sure. You know, last week I, I said, uh, you know, to the new drivers in my family this week, I'll talk to the office workers. Uh, we really appreciate you guys and all the hard work that you guys do. I know you say it's a thankless job, but it really isn't. You you guys keep us moving. We keep us rolling. keep us getting paid. 
So we really appreciate that. Cole, your hair looks nice. Bo, I love you, buddy. And uh, next time I'm in, I'm going to make you eat that giant uh, fudge turd that you guys try to make me eat. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, take him to Stella's and make him get a triple, okay? Because they were talking about it when they took me out there. Somebody was thinking about a triple, and I don't know whether it was Cole or Bo, but that, uh, man, instinct for self-preservation right out the window with the triple burger from that place. Damon, how about you, yeah. And Anything you'd like to say? <sighs> Uh, yeah, I, actually, I do. It, it may take a few minutes. So uh, uh, I, I do want to say, you know, for everybody out there starting starting out with us, you know, give give, give the company a chance. They're, they're they're a very good company. I see this as being my last job. I'm not going anywhere. If I go anywhere, I'm I'm retiring from here. My my kid is on the point. This this company is just like family. I have a black cloud literally over me. No matter what it is, there's always something going on. But, you know, let's share a little experience with you. My, uh, I have a son who decided to take his life in July. Oh. And, you know, I, I never felt so much love coming from a company than I have with these guys. You know, they're always there for you. Don't be afraid. One of the things that I have an issue is I have, a, I have an issue with being afraid to speak of sometimes. But if you have an issue feel free to speak up. Everybody will listen. They will take the time. They will call you. They will sit there on the phone with you. So embrace this company as your family because they won't leave you behind. They will do what it takes to help you. You know, I shout out to everybody. I'm talking about, you know, from the Schmitz all the way down, you know, shout out to everybody. You guys are company rocks. Well, that's awesome but, uh, that, yeah. you, that you'd share that with us, Damon. And, and I'm sorry to hear about your son. Um, I really am, but I, I am happy to know that the company that you work for uh, supports you in everything that you go through. And you're not the first driver to say that about Liquid, and you won't be the last either. So uh, great stuff there from you guys. Uh, Damon, thank you so much for being here. First appearance. Uh, let's just let's just ask this question live. How was it? Rate me on a scale of one to five. How did I do? Um, are you coming back to talk with me again? Well, you did say you were going to take me to lunch, so, you know, we're good. <laughs> All right, Stella's, man. I'll go get you a triple. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know what? I, I have no problem being on the podcast, man. I love this company. You know, I, I, I love everybody that, that, that I work for. I, you know, I have nothing bad to say about anybody, and I hope that, you know, moving forward, you know, I, I just hope this company continues to grow, and, and, and you know, they are blessed with, with Every, everything that they want to do with this company. Mike, Damon, thank you both so much for being here. You fellas stay safe out there, okay? I uh, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Moving right along here in our two-part episode on winter driving and inclement weather driving, we could not have planned this any better uh, just so everybody knows, we typically record these podcasts about a week in advance, and uh, we are recording this right now on Monday the 8th, and wow, the weather blowing across the central United States right now, and uh, it's actually going to hit the entire country. It's hairy. Let's just put it that way. I want to welcome back to the show Matt McKellar, Liquid Driver, joining us again. Thanks for being here, Matt. Yeah, good to be back on, Marcus. And we've also got a first-timer on the show with us here. Liquid driver Chad Kepler is also on the line. Chad, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Now, I'm going to start with you, Chad, because uh, right before we came on here and started recording, you actually mentioned that you're kicking your heels up at home right now. Do you feel lucky? Uh, I do. Today today wasn't too bad, but uh, uh, I do feel fortunate to have today off. Uh, it was kind of cold but uh i think the worst of it is going to hit tonight and i've got to leave out tomorrow morning so uh i'm going to be right in it and whereabouts do you think your route's going to be taking you because what i'm seeing right now is north of albuquerque all the way up to denver um and this includes a little bit in northern texas uh the oklahoma panhandle moving up all the way into nebraska and on into iowa there's a winter storm watch. There's blizzard warnings of up to 12 feet of snow. Talk me through your thoughts, Chad, and, and where exactly you're headed tomorrow and how you're preparing for such a trip. 
Um, well, I'm in Kansas City, and uh, we are we are just starting to get it here. It's been wet and uh, just kind of miserable, but not nothing too heavy. Uh, but it's supposed to pick up over the evening. And tomorrow morning, I do have to leave out early and make a delivery, and then I have to go up to the yard. and And I think uh, in in Plattsmouth, I think they're getting it right now. Is what it looked like from the last time I looked at the radar. So. I'm sure the roads will be mostly clear by then, but um, you know, I'm sure the road crews will be out. But, uh, you know, still got to be careful. Still got to, you know, keep your wits about you. Do you do anything special uh, that, that would differ from a normal day, Chad, when you're you're facing weather like this uh, in your pre-trip or just your mental preparation or anything like that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I um, I definitely look at the weather probably a lot more than I do. I'm a little, a little obsessed about it anyways. I, I always try to look ahead at, at, at towns ahead of me so that I, I, I can plan accordingly. I, I love to look at the radar, and so I, I like to kind of guess at what, what's going to happen. As far as uh, pre-trip, I, you know, I, I allow myself lots of extra time. Um, I spend a little extra time going around the truck and making sure things like my brakes aren't frozen on my trailer. Um, you know, all your lights are clear just clearing snow and things off of the off of the truck and the trailer so that they're not just creating a blizzard for other drivers behind me well you know a lot of it's just um, taking extra time to keep out of bad situations the courteousness that comes along with just getting some uh, extra snow off of your vehicle is something that i wish i could bottle and force on every driver in america i've never seen so many people as i did last winter when it snowed here in in an area oregon where i was driving and what it does is it snows and then it gets warm so it melts a little and then it freezes up so it creates these big pucks of ice that come off of people's uh the top of their cars they come out of the tailgate sometimes they come off the hood and fly up over the back where they're driving um and and of course you can imagine as you drive your vehicle gets warmer on the inside so you create like this this little watery kind of slick surface for that stuff to blow off that stuff can cause a real problem. If you blow a big chunk of ice off your rig and it hits somebody in the windshield, maybe it doesn't break the windshield, but it can obscure view for a while. Um, that type of stuff is scary. So I'm really glad to hear that you're you're taking that into consideration, Chad. And, and as one of the fellow drivers out there on the road, as a four-wheeler, I thank you because obviously way more snow can come off of a semi-truck than it can my Chevy Silverado. Matt, I want to talk to you real quick because I know you're not at home. You're out on the road. Where are you right now? So I am just east of Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I'm heading into Joplin, Missouri to switch for a clean trailer. And then tomorrow I'm doubling back to Tulsa and loading in Tulsa. And so you are actually staying a little bit south of the of the really bad weather I'm seeing. I'm, I'm just looking at a map right now and kind of visualizing where you're going to be. Um, are you worried tomorrow that it's going to get down to you? Or do you think that uh, you've got a pretty good run and you're going to be able to stay out of the worst of the snow? I think I kind of lucked out. I had uh, two unloads this morning in Oklahoma City and I had no idea where I was going after that. And most places I could go were looking pretty bad. So I consider myself kind of fortunate with this load. I think I'm going to dodge the worst of it. I'm uh, delivering in a couple days in Ohio, so I need to look at the weather projections and see if the storm is going to work its way all the way to Ohio. I might end up catching up with the storm a little bit by the end <laughs> of my trip, but <laughs> I'll have to just drive slow. Based on the radar that I'm seeing, uh, you might actually end up with some of the worst of it at one of the worst possible times because it looks like it's kind of moving northeast. Uh, my, my poor producer, Mike, up in Syracuse, New York, is about to get assaulted with snow, and that's the only way I can put it. I uh, feel bad for him, but uh, I, I hope that you do get to stay out of it for as long as you possibly can, because it's it's causing, you know, traffic over in uh, like the New Mexico and kind of the Four Corners region of the United States. It, it's already stopped traffic over there. Uh, lots of snow, blizzard conditions, really low visibility. I know they've shut some roads down. Do you guys have, and, and Matt, I'll start with you here. Do you have any stories from your past driving career? I know that you don't have a lot of miles under your belt, Matt, but you've surely hit some weather at some point in time, whether it be in your professional career or just uh, taking road trips. Do you got any stories from the road uh, coming across real hairy weather like this? Yeah, I kind of had a pretty good 
uh, trial by, well, I guess not fire, but ice and snow last <laughs> winter. Um, <laughs> I had a load in, uh, it was early December a year ago, and I was picking up in Nebraska, and I was supposed to deliver out your direction there, Marcus, out to Washington State, and uh, I headed north, and I caught. I was heading up towards 90 in South Dakota because other routes were looking bad, and then they closed down the freeway, so I was able to get to a truck stop just south of Sioux Falls, and that's where I stayed for the next three and a half days. Oh, <laughs> uh, goodness. They had closed the freeway down completely. There was no place to go, and so I was thankful to be at a truck stop where I could get some hot food and get a shower, you know, but it was like being in prison for a couple of days, I had my routine and I'd get up and go out for yard exercise and walk around in the blizzard a little bit to drive off cabin fever and then come back in the truck. And I had a routine of things I did. But yeah, it was it was a long three and a half days. I've always wondered about those kind of Western Great Plains states like South Dakota, Wyoming, uh, over into Montana even. And I know, you know, big sky country, right? Lots of bad weather up there. Do you feel like states like South Dakota and Wyoming that maybe see less through traffic and don't have uh, big metropolitan areas in them, do you feel like they're more likely to shut the freeway down sooner than some of these other states that have a lot of through traffic? I hadn't thought about that, but that might be true, um, might be one of the factors that go in. But I also know by virtue of their very remoteness, they probably don't want people getting stranded on the side of the freeway where there's not a town for 40 miles, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So I think they start shutting things down and directing people, you know, towards the truck stops and the rest areas and whatever a little bit sooner. At least that's my impression. Sure. How about you, Chad? Do you have a take on that? Uh, yeah, well, I have, uh, I've driven across Wyoming and snow and winds and I've driven across, uh, South Dakota, uh, just actually last winter and, uh, it's pretty much a sheet of ice. I was actually surprised they hadn't shut the road down, hmm. but, uh, I think that also some of those big, uh, big sky country like that, sometimes the interstate's the only connector for, you know, communities. And so, um, I think they try to leave them open as long as they can. I, when I was in South Dakota last year, driving up towards Fargo from, uh, no, I think I was in coming from, uh, from the yard. It, the, the drivers, especially out there, the drivers are just much more courteous because there's just not as many people on the road. We were all driving 30 miles an hour, but we were also all giving each other at least a half mile or better of space between each other. And so it was like this very slow drawn out, you know, parade of trucks. We're all just creeping down the road, trying to, trying to stay on the road and, and, and not interfere with each other. So, but once I start seeing a, a, a truck or a car on the side of the road, that's when I start really um, thinking about where, where I'm going to uh, park it because uh, mm-hmm. I think that's probably, especially when the adrenaline starts to run out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, your, your hands get a little tired from uh, gripping the steering wheel and uh, you have to, uh, yeah, you have to decide, well, I think I'm done. <laughs> sure. No, it's it's funny that you say that because I, that's what I was thinking about the adrenaline that comes when the when the conditions first turn really bad. You're super amped up. You're hyper aware. You're you're feeling everything that's going on in that steering wheel. But then you do start to get tired because it's a long time that you have to have that level of focus. Nothing spikes the adrenaline like seeing a Prius pointed the wrong way uh, on the side of the road. That, it's always a good sign that maybe it's time to shut it down. Uh, Chad, do you have any stories from from your past and your driving career other than the one that you just told us about uh, real inclement weather? Maybe you got uh, stranded or, or shut down someplace like uh, Matt did? Yeah, um, I started driving 12 years ago, and then I took a hiatus in between, well, almost 15 years ago, um, and then I took a hiatus for, for almost a decade. But back then, that was in uh, 2010, 2011, I was in Wyoming, and uh, it was it wasn't so much a heavy snow, but it was high wind and, and it was in the winter and I was driving a, a, a box truck, a, I don't know, a full size uh, trailer. The wind was just blowing me around the road. We, we are fortunate with our trailers being round that the wind doesn't affect us quite as much. But that being said, you've got other trucks in front of you and sometimes it's just, it, it's not worth trying to pass somebody because the wind's blowing around. We get those really high winds in Nebraska as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I shut down. And same kind of thing, Matt. I was uh, I was in Wyoming at a rest area, unfortunately, 
and mm-hmm. uh, and was stuck there for over 24 hours. And that brings me to one of my uh, tips, you know, that I was thinking about was, uh, you know, in this weather, you've got to really go prepared to, to be stuck, you know, uh, bring some extra food and clothes and, and just, uh, yeah, <laughs> be ready to, to, uh, hunker down for a bit because, uh, it can be, it can, it can get really hairy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Matt, when you said you were at a truck stop there for three and a half days, it's like, well, you might as well sample the fare a little bit, get in there and, and see, you know, maybe they've got a, a movie theater at a truck stop or something like that, maybe an arcade where you can kill some time. But for you, Chad, that being at a rest area, I don't want to spend any more time at a rest area than it takes me to <laughs> uh, unzip, zip up and get back in the vehicle because those places have always kind of given me the creeps. So what do you do for 24 hours in a rest area? Well, I was going to say, this is before uh, smartphones. Oh, And gosh. so, uh, yeah, yeah, I had a cell phone, but, you know, it's not like I could sit there and play Candy Crush or something on my phone, <laughs> uh, you know. I probably was a good thing. I did carry uh, a, a book with me, and, you know, you just, uh, I probably had Solitaire or something on my phone. I can't remember what that old flip phone had, but. Uh, Maybe some snake. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it got boring. Slept a lot. Uh, you know, I'm sure I ate all of my food <laughs> just out of boredom. Um, I can't even remember if there was a vending machine there. It was, it was a pretty, um, it was a pretty solitary place out there, but, uh, listen to the wind and, uh, and I did call, you know, my, uh, my, my girlfriend at the time and talked to her on the phone quite a bit. And, and then many follow up calls from my, um, dispatch at the time, uh, asked me, are you ready to go? Is it okay? Can you go? <laughs> Uh, That's good, man. Well, I mean, at least you had something to do because, you know, Matt, you mentioned it, cabin fever. I can imagine that sets in pretty quick in the cab of a truck. Yeah, a little bit. And that's why I did try to develop a routine. I'd wake up and like clean up a little bit, get dressed, open the curtains on my truck and get make a little breakfast. I've got things to make coffee in my truck. And then I would usually we have these training videos, these like safety videos, and I do some of those. And then I would wander into the truck stop, you know, look around, walk around the yard, get a little exercise, I'd come back and read. And yeah, thankful that this is in the era of technology. I've got a tablet <laughs> that I can stream television on and watch Netflix or whatever, that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I've got probably four or five books in the truck and my Kindle. And I, uh, I stay over the road. I usually stay out for three or four weeks at a time. So I make sure I always have quite a bit of food on the truck. I could probably live for, if I paced it out for probably about three weeks with the food I have on my truck. So wow. I think about that. If I get stuck somewhere, you know, I'll sure. probably be okay for a while. I bring a couple extra gallons of water and all that kind of stuff. Well, that was actually going to be a question that I asked because, Chad, you'd mentioned, you know, taking a little bit of extra time, making sure you're leaving prepared. You've got three and a half uh, weeks worth of food in there, Matt. That's great. Chad, how much food do you take along with you if you're worried about maybe getting shut down someplace and having to be just parked? Yeah. Well, I am a a regional driver, so I get home every weekend, but I also um, meal prep on the weekend. So I bring most of my food with me. I, I have a couple meals out of, out of the out of the truck, but uh, I try to bring all my breakfast and dinner with me. But I also bring some shelf stable things like a microwavable soup and one of those little packets of tuna, um, you know, pasta salad stuff. Just I, I try to stay away from microwave foods generally, but they're shelf stable and so they're good to uh, to keep in the truck long term. So and those, that has saved me not only uh, in the winter weather, but um, just being stuck at a shipper. I've gotten to places where they couldn't load me for 12 hours oh, wow. uh, and, uh, and there was nowhere to go, you know? And so I was glad I brought food with me because, uh, yeah, otherwise there was no, there was nowhere to go. So it, it's good to have that all the time, uh, just a little something extra in case, uh, something else, you know, something goes wrong. But, uh, I, I, yeah, like I said, a meal prep, uh, so that I, so that I'm not eating road food so much. Sure. And that's something that you guys haul and liquid have got to uh, think about because, you know, if you're if you're driving around in a dry van, obviously not every single drop that you have is going to be a big metropolitan area. But a lot of them, you're at these distribution centers, you might be just outside of a big city or a small town or something. You guys haul and liquid are headed out to some remote areas. Sometimes you're going to some farms where there might not be anything within 40 miles. And if you got to sit there for 12 hours, 
probably get pretty hungry and uh, and hangry if you don't have food around. I would assume. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is comforting to have um, good food and not be like, oh, another hamburger, you know, <laughs> another, you know, whatever uh, Chester's chicken. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, have some good food uh, with you. It, it makes it makes the whole thing feel a little less like uh, solitary confinement because uh, <laughs> our trucks are pretty small. Uh, I mean, and we, Matt and I, we have the nicer, bigger trucks, uh, the newer trucks, right. but, uh, but even still, you know, after a few hours in there, yeah, you can get a little stir crazy. I mean, we can stretch, but you can't stretch your arms all the way up. You know, it's not that tall. <laughs> sure. Sure. I feel like they build those things for guys, my size, like five, nine and under. And the rest of you guys just kind of have to deal with that. If you're a, if you're a, you know, a tall guy or a bigger dude. I've I've been in them and I fit in there comfortably, but I'm a pretty small dude. So uh, it's it's definitely good that you guys run prepared and that you f- you feel the need to bring a little bit of entertainment on the road as well. That is something that's much easier than it was 10 years ago. Like you were saying, Chad, I mean, having a smartphone in your pocket could occupy you for 12 hours and you'd never do the same thing twice. Having a flip phone, if you're not a professional at playing snake by the time 12 hours goes by, <laughs> just throw it away and give up, man. <laughs> yeah, bring a, bring a deck of cards. That that's probably would be the, the smart thing, yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, and I'm not, uh, look, I'm not uh, trying to advocate gambling here, but what I will tell you is that uh, you might be able to win a couple bucks off of uh, a, a board shipper or something like that, you know, get out a little, <laughs> get out your poker chips and see if you can't trade some cash. I mean, hey. Anything to pass the time. Uh, I want to turn this a little bit, guys, because one thing that I don't ask enough uh, drivers about are tips for four-wheelers. And with inclement weather here and uh, making its presence felt all the way across the United States, I hope that maybe there's some four-wheelers that'll tune into this and uh, and listen to what you guys have to say because and Matt, I'll start with you. As far as your your tips for a, a four wheeler driving around big trucks in this kind of weather, what tips can you offer that might uh, make it easier on not only you guys and safer for you guys, but easier and safer for drivers in general? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would just say the primary thing is however much space you think you should give a truck, give it, give the truck double that space. You know, whether you're behind it or pulling in front of it after passing a truck, just double the amount of space you need. And I'm surprised how often somebody, I'll be going downhill and somebody passes me and then cuts over 40 feet in front of me. They just don't realize the sheer mass and inertia in these vehicles and just how dangerous that is. And then all the more so when it's snowy and icy and all that. The other thing I'd say is just try to be good about using turn signals. You know, um, a lot of times people don't realize that it matters. If I know that you're, you're 300 feet ahead of me, but if you're slowing down and turning at that exit, like I'm going to be adjusting what I do. So giving me some notification of that is helpful, you know, just to try to communicate with drivers around. And then I guess the last thing is just always make sure you you were talking about the ice coming off of trucks and vehicles and stuff. And a lot of times I see cars or even occasionally a truck where they don't bother to clean their windshield very well, or they just clean like a little porthole on the driver's side, you know, like that's all they need to see is like right ahead of them and nothing else. And, uh, you know, take a minute and actually clean off, like Chad was saying earlier, all the snow certainly on your windshield and you know hopefully on the rest of your vehicle as well so it doesn't go flying around sure now i'm gonna i'm taking that all into consideration the next time i get on the road in uh in snowy conditions and i would swear to you uh matt that you know one of the things that you talked about there there there's got to be a shortage of blinker light fluid in this country that's all i can figure (laughs) is that covid depleted all of our blinker light fluid and most people ran out and never found another bottle because Wow. I, it's something so simple and something that they drill into you as a as a young driver trying to get your license for the first time, signaling and, and everything like that. And and it's just like people just forget that part of it. And it blows me away because I can react right. Even in a full size pickup, if somebody flips on a late blinker, I can swerve out of the way. I can avoid an accident. That is not the case for you guys hauling 80,000 pounds of liquid and, uh, you know, having ice on the road or snow on the road or even rain for that matter. So 
Great stuff there. Chad, I want to turn it to you. Um, any tips for drivers in general about this weather? Well, I've, I've said this for years that I, I really wish that uh, uh, people had to ride in a semi to get their, their driver's license so that they'd really understand how these trucks react and, and how uh, difficult it is for us to react to what drivers do. It, yeah, there's definitely a, a lack of civility, I would say. And, that, and you know, <laughs> what's the, what's the, uh, how much effort does it take to turn your, your blinker on and off? You know, um, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it is maddening. Uh, well, Chad, quite, Chad, it's uh, really hard to turn your blinker on with a phone in one hand and your Stanley Tumblr in the other, <laughs> driving with your knee. You yeah. know? <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh uh, yeah, and we can see that from up, uh, up from our vantage point. I, I run out of fingers and toes to count how many people are on their phone. Uh, I bet every single day. Yeah, it is. It's uh, it's a it's an epidemic of stupidity. People driving and looking at their phones. <laughs> um, these. <laughs> Uh, all playing sure a blessing and a curse. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like, well, the graphics are so good now. Really? I mean, how do you look away. Yeah, oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah, what Matt said about uh, following distance and, and passing distance, these are the most important things. I mean, for for them and for us, it's uh, speed and and um, and distance. These are the things that keep you alive. You know, it's, uh, we don't want to slam into somebody. But it is incredibly difficult for us to slow down. I wish that's why I mean. I wish people had to ride along with us so they would realize how long it takes for a truck to slow down. And I think that they would think twice if, if they had that experience of the, uh, of the the reaction time that it takes for a truck and the actual slowdown time. Yeah, clean up your car, give lots of space, signal your intention, slow down, slow down, slow down. There are so many people out there that think this is NASCAR. And they, they've got to be first. And it drives me insane when someone flies past me and then I catch up with them at the next light. You know, <laughs> yep. did, you, did you really get that far that fast? You know, it's, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be a part of someone's bad day, but uh, I, I'm, I told my wife this, it's, it's not going to be something that I did. It's going to be, yep. it's going to be someone in a car that's going to cause the accident. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. I was just up on Cabbage Hill on Interstate 84 here a couple weeks ago and, uh, you know, cruising along. There wasn't what I would call packed snow and ice on the highway, but the uh, plows hadn't made it through yet and there was fresh snow. So, uh, you know, somebody was cutting tracks up there in front of me and and there really wasn't a lot of uh, visibility on the road either. And so I'm doing 40 and I'm in the slow lane and I'm just chilling out. I've got, you know, every now and then I'm passing a truck, but most of the trucks are keeping up around 40, 35 miles an hour. And uh, it was like three people in a row that were all following one another that just ripped past me at like 70, 75 miles an hour. And I I couldn't stop thinking that if you guys do unfortunately get into an accident, it's not just going to be one of you or two of you, or three of you. All three of you are going to careen into somebody else and put somebody else on the shoulder or cause a pileup or something like that. And it is really amazing to me that some people just don't have that that kind of instinct for self-preservation. That's always the first thing that comes up to me. Is like, have you seen car accidents? I've seen car accidents. They're crazy. Why would you ever put yourself at more risk for something like that? And especially when we're talking about bad weather and bad roads, I don't think a lot of four-wheelers realize that by not giving enough space to a big rig, you're not just increasing the likelihood that something goes wrong. You're more than doubling it because you still slow down a lot faster than the truck does. And if you slam your your rig in front of him and there's not enough room and you have to come to a stop, well, guess what? You're still probably going to be able to stop. It's the guy hauling 80,000 pounds of molasses behind you that's not going to stop. Yeah, And then, of sure. course, the, the more speed that's involved, then the more force is going to be involved in any accident that does happen to happen. So, you know, you're, you're making it worse on that level as well. You know, I, I got to thinking too, Chad, because you're not the first guy that's that's recommended, hey, why don't we have young drivers ride along in a semi with us so that they can understand the risks and and how, um, you know, being safe out here isn't just something that happens. It's something that you have to be actively participating in. 
I also think that there's a few drivers out there that we could put some unlicensed drivers uh, alongside, and maybe those unlicensed drivers would never get their license, and that might be a bit of a reprieve, too. I mean, you can't ever ask for less idiots in the world. They keep making those. We could ask for less licensed idiots in the world. That might be a thing that actually makes this place better to drive in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm going to hand out licenses and Cracker Jack boxes. Um, <laughs> it, it seems like. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, uh, gentlemen, I got to thank you. Uh, it's been great getting a little bit of insight from you here. It's always fun for me to talk to professional drivers and hear about it uh, from the horse's mouth rather than, oh, I heard this story about this guy. Um, I really appreciate you guys taking the time and uh, and sharing it with me today, especially you, Chad. Nothing against you, Matt, but you're out on the road. You're working. <laughs> Chad's a, he's at home next to the fire with his feet kicked up watching the world go by. So uh, <laughs> really do appreciate the the time that you're taking here. And uh, Matt, before I let you go, just like last time, I want to give you a chance to shout out anybody, uh, whether it be the company or beyond anything that you want to say to fellow drivers or family that might be listening. The floor is yours. Well, just good to be back on. And uh, just one thing I had a thought about was I my first company was a different company and I did my training. I drove 30,000 miles with a trainer and it actually happened to be in the winter, which was a really good time to train with a professional driver in the wintertime. So it was kind of, you know, taught me a lot of things right away. So it just makes me think I appreciate all of those, you know, drivers that do work as trainers or in the safety department. And we have kind of a shortened training program. I was with the, um, Chad Hankey, Bo's brother for a week when I started up with liquid trucking and he was my trainer and taught me a whole lot, uh, just about driving and trucking and gen tanking in particular. So, uh, yeah, just appreciate all the people that not only do the job, but take the time and the effort to, uh, teach new drivers what they're doing as well. Shout out to the Hanky brothers. I love it. Uh, how about yeah. you, Chad? Anything <laughs> to say to anybody that might be listening, company or beyond, man, the floor is yours. Oh, yeah. Well, we we work for a really good company. I, I you know, I'm not just not just lip service. Uh, I, I say it to people all the time. They, and both said this, you know, they, they're very honest. Uh, everything that Han uh, Bo told me in training was true. You know, these guys, uh, they, they're most of them were drivers. And so they understand the job. Rick Jackson was my uh, trainer, and uh, and we were both <laughs> we were both sick as dogs the week that I was in training. So, uh, and it was middle of winter too. It was uh, it was in January. I, I, in fact, this is my two year. And my wife pointed this out just before I went on. This is my two year anniversary tomorrow. Oh, that's uh, going awesome! Going in the training. That's great. Yeah, Congratulations. And, yeah, and uh, and I it, you know, I I really can't say enough nice things about the everybody that I've met in this company. They've been great. And you can call anybody. You can call Bo. You can call Dave. You can call. I can call Rick. I can call Jerry. Um, you know the trailer shop, the truck shop. I've called them all directly. You know with questions, and uh, everybody's willing to, to help. You know I've called the trailer shop, and they're like, "Hey, send me a picture, and so I can see what what you're looking at." You know when I've got a problem. So um, yeah, it's a this is a uh, driver focused company as as uh, what I've noticed and. Uh, and uh, and that really makes the difference. Yeah, absolutely. I you know, I've worked with the company, uh, obviously, in a much different capacity than you guys have. But I can definitely echo that sentiment that when I call, somebody picks up. And uh, the only thing I have as a recommendation is maybe come up with some nicknames because we got a Nick and Bo in the front office. We got a Nick and Bo at the trailer shop. It's just <laughs> I start to get confused, but I don't see these guys every day. So uh, maybe some nicknames or something to help me with that. Uh, obviously, I'm just playing here, uh, but everybody's been awesome, including the both of you sharing your time with me here on the podcast. Uh, please stay safe out there. And uh, it sounds like from all the preparation and, and the thought processes that you guys go through for driving in this winter weather that you will both be safe. But uh, I won't feel right unless I say it here on the podcast. Keep the shiny side up, fellas. OK, will do. And uh, thanks for taking the time to focus on this topic. No yeah, problem. Thank you, Marcus. I appreciate it. This, yeah. is, this, is, this has been fun. Uh, Matt McKellar, Chad Kepler, you guys have a good one. We'll get you back on soon.
That's going to do it for episode 10 of the Liquid Trucking Podcast, Facing the Storm Part 2. Really appreciate everybody that stopped by to spend their time with us today on the podcast. Don't forget, if you want to be on the podcast, head on over to liquidtrucking.com. There's some resources there. Or anytime you see somebody post something on Liquid Trucking's Facebook page that has to do with this podcast, just throw a comment down there in the comment section. I will see it. And we'll definitely get in touch. Listen, guys, I understand it's not easy. Uh, I, Matt and Chad, we had to reschedule that interview a couple of different times because of things that popped up during their day and took them away from just being able to sit and talk with me. It's totally fine. I don't want anybody that is a liquid driver or anybody in the office to be worried about that as you're listening. I will handle the rescheduling. Do not worry about it. I keep my schedule open enough to be able to fit these things in. We were able to push Matt and Chad past the weekend and get them recorded at the beginning of this week, and it was great, just as I expected. So if you're having some uh, some preconceived notions about, well, my schedule is kind of hectic, look, it doesn't matter. We can deal with it here on the Liquid Trucking Podcast. Be safe out there. That's another thing I want to say. You know, a man that uh, runs a trucking company of close to 200 trucks once told me when I asked him, what's your best advice for your drivers out there in crazy winter weather like we're experiencing right now? And it was very simple. He said, don't try too hard. And I will pass that on to you today. Don't try too hard. Be safe out there. Keep the shiny side up and watch out for crazy ass four wheelers. This has been Liquid Trucking Podcast, episode 10 I want to thank you all again for being here and we will see you next week. Take care. Thanks for tuning in and being the gold standard of drivers on the road. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and tune in next week for another episode of the Liquid Trucking Podcast.